Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. The Lord has been talking to us about something for eight weeks, this will be our ninth week, that came out of a personal experience in my life. I was about ready to pray a prayer for a healing a while back, and the Holy Spirit asked me a question. You know, here I'm about ready to pray for healing. I've prayed for healing many times, and the Lord's helped me and healed me. Other times I didn't receive, but that wasn't God not healing me. I just needed adjusting in some of my receiving. And I prayed, I was about ready to pray for a healing, and the Lord asked me a question by His Spirit. Son, how would you like to not only get another healing, but how would you never have to, how would you like to never have to pray for healing ever again? And then he started dealing with me about a way of living that avoids a bunch of adversity. A way of living that is really good for your faith, where you can just latch on to anything in life that you might ever want or need. He started dealing with me about, son, I'll heal you again if you just believe and receive it, but how about, would you like to just not have to pray for healing so much? Would you like to, have, would you like to just not have to say, Lord, help me so much? Because he said, I'm your helper and I'll help you when you need it, but would you like to avoid some brick walls in adversity that you really don't have to go through? I said, absolutely. And I started hearing from God. It's turned into a nine-week series. It's changing my life. And one of the reasons we're still talking about this is because we have not yet got a lot of this in our blood. It's not been engrafted. It hasn't taken root. It hasn't caught the gear. And we need to stick with it till it does because what's ahead requires we live in victory. Our witness being as full as it needs to be requires we get some more victory in our lives. And it's just like the Father to not let us stop early and go to another subject. Pastor, don't you have any other subjects you can preach? About 50. Life-changing. Amazing. But Paul said, I wanted to give you more, but we can't get to that yet. You got to get some other things down before we get to that. And just because you know, we can hear it and excite us doesn't mean we're ready to do it or ready to apply it. And God wants us to not just hear it. He wants this, these things working in our life. So if you really believe your pastor heard from Jesus and that the Spirit of God said, teach on the life of victory to the Faith Heights family. If you really believe that I heard from Jesus, what's God saying to you? He wants you to live in victory. Not just always need a victory. He wants you living in the zone where victory is just always there. Stuff comes against you, bang, victory. Stuff comes, bang. Instead of stuff coming against you, getting a hold of you, you getting crashed. How would you like it just to kind of like bounce off of a shield? Is there a way to live in victory? Now, Brother Hagen, a lot of our spiritual father, he said it this way in his book, uh, Following God's Plan for Your Life. Great book. You read that book, get ready for great things to happen. God will just make great things happen because you read it. Um, but in the book, Following God's Plan for Your Life, he said, he said, when believers don't follow God's plan for their life, and you don't have to follow God's plan, you can follow your plan. You can yoke with anything you want, or you can yoke with Jesus. It, it, that doesn't, that's not automatic after you're born again. He said, if you will, he said, believers that don't follow the plan of God for their life will encounter tests and trials God never intended them to encounter. Personally, I don't want any unnecessary extra adversity. There's enough in this fallen world to deal with being in the perfect will of God than to open the door for other problems besides just what living in the will of God might you know, cause you to see. So people are praying and praying and praying for the will of God 
in the area of healing, but they don't want to live in the will of God with their healing. Here's, here's the way the Lord gave it to me the very first service that we taught this nine weeks ago, nine or ten weeks ago. He said this. He said, son, don't just come to me for healing. He said, I got so much more good stuff for you. And if, if you're just coming for healing, you're being ripped off. God put it to me that he said, son, why don't you be interested in receiving everything I have for your life? And then he won't have to pray for healing. Healing's just part of everything. Healing is just part of everything. And if you don't receive everything, you'll probably lose the healing anyway that you did get. Because everything that he's going to give you is not only going to get you healed, it's going to keep you healed. Hmm? So if you want everything the Lord has for you, you don't have to pray for healing. Healing comes with everything. Do you like that? It just comes with everything. Actually, when you really start living the life that God wants you to live, you don't have to pray, Jesus, save me so much. Any believer, you know, doing their own thing, coming to the Lord when they're in trouble, any believer can get a victory. But it takes living in the will of God to live in victory. You're going to have to ask yourself the question, am I doing my will or his will? Am I pursuing my dreams or his dreams? Are his things more important or are my things more important? You're going to have to ask yourself, to see, a lot of people have been thinking that what I'm talking about right now is not for them, it's for the pastor. Newsflash, you need nourishment just like pastor needs nourishment. You're not gonna make it on one meal a week and I'm not gonna make it on, I may be studying for two reasons, to preach, but I'm also studying to live. And if you're just hearing and digesting one or two meals a day, or a week, I should say, no wonder you can't stand in faith long enough till something appears. No wonder you give up into complaining before a manifestation can come on the scene. The, the thing you thought was for pastor only, that's for you too. A sermon a day is not just for the pastor. Studying every day is not just for the pastor. Being ready to preach to somebody else is not just for the pastor. I was actually in the Keith Moore meeting on Thursday night, sitting here, letting something bother me, letting something trouble me. I'm listening to a sermon, hearing some good word. My mind's going, yeah, I've heard that before, Brother Keith. Can you get into something really deep? Can you get into something really wowie-zowie that we've never heard before? And the Spirit of God said, he's preaching great. You're absorbing terribly. <laughs> and then he started talking to me about why I was only hearing surface stuff when deeper stuff was coming through. And it was going right over my head bouncing right off of my eardrum. He said, son, you are worried about something and it's, and it's causing you not to receive the word for your life right now. Let it go. Rebuke the lie that says it's that big a deal anyway. Bigger the problem just means the bigger God's deliverance. Whoop-de-doo, right? And, and the Lord adjusted my attitude and the Lord said, son, you're going to be talking to the people in about 20 minutes from now. You better be getting something to say to them. Click. All of a sudden, I went past the crust on the surface, heard things from God in 20 minutes, mm -hmm. shared a couple of them after Keith was done. A couple of people came up to me and said it, it helped them tremendously and changed their life, changed my life forever. I wouldn't have got it if I hadn't started listening to the word like I'm going to share it with somebody else. Every one of you, if you want to get more out of the word right now, your coffee cup may be your pulpit, your stack of papers may be your pulpit, a desk may be your pulpit, but you need to hear today like you're going to have to share this with somebody else because God's expecting you to share it. He's expecting you to get something out of it and he's expecting you to share it with somebody else on the job, at home, at the laundromat, wherever you go. And if you'll listen like you got to share it, you'll go way past surface, get into the deeper. There's, 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 there's ripples right in there. There's, there's beams going out right now here. Some are surface things, some are deep things. You can't say deep things aren't coming to you if you're just on the surface channel. It's coming. You're just, it's another wave that you're not tuned into. There are things you could hear right now that will change your life forever and you will never be the same again. And there's things you can hear right now that kind of go, that's nice. That's nice. That was good. I might come back next week. And it won't be up to the preacher to preach better. It'll be up to you to receive better. You need to realize what you're hearing right now, it is for you, but it's also for somebody else that you're going to meet in your life. You need to get ready to help them with what's helping you. 
And actually, if you get in the mode of helping them, what you're hearing now will help you more. Because you'll get the deeper things in your own life and you need to be able to pass them on to somebody else. Following? A lot of people, they just don't get the depth of the messages that are coming forth because they're just on the surface level. Say this with me. I am a good receiver. I get the deep things of God. They help me deeply. And they help others deeply. I am a preacher. I am a witness. I am a carrier of the word of God. And really what's happening right now is you're being equipped as well as being helped personally. And so I was, you know, I, I thought, wow, I need to get into this deeper level. Go to Romans 3. This is something we've been sharing for nine weeks now. And I know it's getting in there. I know it's going deeper. Guys, I want to tell you, the Lord, he doesn't want your money. He wants your life. You can't pay God off. I'll just give a big offering and I'll be okay with God. God don't care about your money. He cares about your heart. He cares about your life. And if you really want a wonderful life, you know, it's a wonderful life. If you really want a wonderful life, you need to give him totally your life. You need to be yielded in every area of your life. Friend, if you want to live the life of victory, church cannot be a part of your life. Prayer, reading your Bible cannot be a part of your life. No, pastor, this is your life because you're a pastor. Wrong. This is all of our lives because we, not me, we are the church. Our life shaped up. Our life made it through the fire. Our life made it through the waters. Our life got through things you're not supposed to get through. We're prosperous today. We've got great things today because the church never was a part of our life. That's ridiculous. The church is our life. This goes way beyond this life. We are the body of Christ, the church forever. We are the church. We don't just go to church. We are the church. And I'm not talking about the walls and the chairs and the natural things only. I'm talking about our calling, our purpose, and eternal significance. We are the church. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. Church isn't a part of our life. It is our life. And if we have room for anything else, we might fit that in. Big problem in the church today is people are only going to church. They don't see it as a part of their life. They think that's for pastor. That's for pastor. Well, here's the newsflash. If you want to live the life of victory, God cannot be a part of your life. The things of God cannot ever be more important than your, the things of God can never be less important than your things. I said some things in the earlier service, and I'm just going to say a few of those things right now, too, that you have to watch out about anything in your life being an idol. Anything in your life that you couldn't put on hold or put aside or stop forever for your king. Now, Carla and I, we have birthdays, we have anniversaries, we have family times and things like this, but we would we could never we would never think about Bumping a Keith Moore meeting for a birthday or an anniversary. We're talking about the Prince of God coming to town. Meetings that will never be like that ever again. We've put things on hold. We've gotten out of obligations with integrity. We've not, we postponed anniversaries, birthdays, trips, vacations, time. Why? Because they have a special church meeting coming up and we are the church. That's our life. Without that, you'll always have a gray spot in your life. There'll always be a gray dot in your soul. You'll never have fullness of joy even when you're under the palm tree. Something missing. Jesus said, follow me. Come on, man, let's go to the next meeting. And the guy said, okay, Lord, but let me first go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. And he walked off and didn't try to, didn't try to get him to come, just... You can't make people do anything. What's that called? That's called realizing that the things of God are way more important than your things. And if your things are scheduled at the same time God wants to do something, you do everything in your power to unschedule. Why? Because you love him. And you're sold out. And it's not a game. It's not a, oh, golly, I'll get more committed when I need help. Guys, this is, we're the end time church. 
where the, the last days are upon us, these things, we, can, we have no more time to halt between two decisions. If it's God, go all the way. If it's not God, then go the other way. I mean, it's time. It's time to analyze our life and go, you know what? I need to change. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep walking this way and, and expect a life of victory. And here's the lie. The devil says, go all the way for God and you won't like it. Please, just, just get into practice of saying this because you're going to need to say this a lot in these last days. Say this. Devil, devil. shut up. Trying to get me to think God's way is a sad way, a boring way, a non-fun way, a non-pleasurable way. Shut your face. <laughs> right? You think I'm stupid? You think I'm, a, you think I'm some stupid, mamby-pamby Christian? My Bible says if I obey and serve the Lord, I'll spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Slap. My Bible says if I'm willing and obedient and sold out to God, I'll eat the good of the land. It won't just be on the table in front of me while I'm starving to death. I'm going to eat it. The Bible says if I fully follow God, I'll be above only and never beneath. No more sad days. Can't even find depression. Look for depression. Can't even find it. When? If you're sold out. We did a teaching not too long ago. On entitled Why Say Holy? W H O L L Y. Why say Joshua followed the Lord holy? Why say Caleb followed the Lord holy? Why don't you just say he followed the Lord? Because that word W H O L L Y means fully, completely. You can completely follow God or you can incompletely follow God. And if you want the life of victory, tell the devil to shut up in his stupid lies that it's some boring life. Slap him in the face with the word of God and start living fully for God. No reservations. TV, boom, if he wants me to get rid of it. Right? Internet, pot clip, whatever. We're sold out here. Oh, I die for the Lord, but I can't give up that Internet. That's a little too much, man. Oh, I'd die for the Lord. And we die for the Lord. Yes, I'd die for the Lord. And God says, stop watching that certain program. Well, Lord, I'd die, but I can't do that. that I can't miss the next episode. <laughs> I'd die for the Lord. God says, oh, yeah? You know that big anniversary you have planned with your wife? Put it on hold. Mark Hankins is going to be in town. You know what people are sold out to the Lord do? They don't go, okay. They go, glory to God, I get to suffer for Jesus. Been looking for something like this to do. To put him first at my expense. The early church was whipped, flogged, and beat. And they came back to their own and said, we got to suffer for Jesus. And they're bleeding. Their backs have welts on them. And they said, I wouldn't want anybody to take my place in this. There's eternal significance involved in this stuff. You talk about the big rewards. Start giving up things you like a lot for the Lord joyfully. And the next life, you're going to have a few additions in your mansion. We get too focused on this temporal. This few more clicks, we're all out of here. We need to be more reward minded. Saved by grace, absolutely rewarded by works. Couldn't do the works without the grace, but you still, it's going to help you work. So, did we read the scripture? Uh. <laughs> Romans 3, 16 and 17. And if, if you just came into this service today, there's a whole bunch of archives you can get caught up on. Destruction and misery. It's just their lot in life, you know, just runs in the family, you know, their fate. Some people just go through. No, it's real simple. You got destruction, you got misery in your life. Check out the way you're living. Destruction and misery are on a road. Many people are on this road and wondering why God, why God, why this destruction, why this misery? Newsflash, uh, wrong road. I mean, they tell you In-N-Out Burger's on this road, right? Let's say it's on uh, Spring Drive, and uh, you're on uh, Rodeo Drive. Thank you, brother. All right? So you're going down Rodeo Drive, 
and you're looking for In-N-Out Burger. Oh, I guess God doesn't want me to have an In-N-Out Burger. I guess it's just the will of God that I don't see. I, I guess it. No, dummy, he wants you to have an In-N-Out Burger. Get off that road and get on Spring Road. Yes. Right? And Carly even goes amen to that. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, what's their problem? They got destruction. They got misery in their life. I, 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 listen, guys, a prayer won't fix this. Pastor, just pray for me while I'm on the road to misery and destruction. Just pray for me. Well, here, here's a newsflash. Because your father loves you so much, any believer can get a victory. But it takes living in the will of God to live in victory. If you want to keep your healing, if you want to keep the blessing, if you want it to be a sustained victory in your life, he may want to talk to you about getting off a road where these problems keep coming back. Destruction and misery is not the will of God. Well, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why I prayed that, you know, I prayed that everything would be well. I guess it's just God's will that I have this misery. I guess it's just God's will that I still feel depressed. Guys, do you understand a lot of answers to prayer are changing your life when he tells you to? Most people, most people are only going to get help if they receive correction. Permanent help comes from making lifestyle adjustments, not just praying another prayer. I know we, well, pastor, you've been in prayer and, and you've been hearing a sermon a day and, and you've been seeking God. Just, just pray for me again that I be healed. No. <laughs> I want better for you than that. I want you to stay healthy. I want you to live in the zone where you don't have to always have to keep saying, help me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus. You can eliminate a lot of save me, Jesus prayers by just living the way he wants you to live. I'm not saying you'll never ask for help, and you, but I'm telling you, you can eliminate a ton of Jesus, save me again, please, if you just let him be Lord of your life and not just your Savior while you're doing your own thing and getting in the trouble. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> All right, destruction and misery are in their ways. Next verse. And the way of peace have they not known. So peace is not just the answer to a prayer. Peace is a way you're choosing to live. What what have you allowed to develop in your life up to this point? What kind of thinking have you allowed to be, what way of thinking have you allowed to be developed in your life through your lifestyle? What, what way of talking have you allowed to develop into your lifestyle? What way of believing have you allowed to develop into your life up to this point? Because those ways have a lot to do with what you're experiencing. And if you have habits in your life that are taking you down certain roads where there's things you don't want, they're called strongholds. Habits become strongholds, and you're going to need the Word of God and the power of God to get free from those things. When it gets to the habit stage, you're going to need a little more power to get free. Now, there's good strongholds. You know, like going to church every time the doors are open. Why? Because you are the church, and it's not even a chore. You love it. You know, life's supposed to be more fun than people are, are living in. It, it, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to see more results doing less. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. No, 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 I want to get that million dollars. I want to get that house paid for. So I got to work, I got to work, I got to work, 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 work. You can age prematurely, right? Go through a couple of marriages maybe or die young or whatever. You can, you can. <laughs> or... You can work when you're supposed to and go to church when you're supposed to and let God bring the wealth in, not you. I was about to pray for another healing of this thing that the doctor said I need to take medication for. And um, the Lord said, no, I want something better for you. I want you to pray for the road you could be traveling and you're thinking and you're talking and you're believing and how you treat other people that you never have to pray for healing ever again if you're on that road. It's called health. Health is a Bible word. Health means you never need healing. 
Now, we've all needed healing, but is it the will of God that we keep getting sick and keep getting healed and keep getting sick and keep getting healed, whether it's financial, whether it's physical? Or, or, is there a... You see, this seems foreign to some people because they're so, they're so in the groove of their plans, their life. This seems so foreign. They're thinking like, well, that's not my life. Well, that, that's, that's the preacher's life. That's, that's Keith Moore's life. That's Pastor John's life. That, that's not my life. My life is this. And, and they're wanting God to come into their life and make everything well. And God's saying, no, you come into my life and I'll make everything well. You're going to have to get a new vision for your life. Some people are going to have to get a new vision for their life. It's not about, I'm going to do what I want to do. I think it's God's will. Not sure. Haven't really prayed about it like I probably should have. And then I'll just go to God for help. How about another reason people are praying so many help me prayers is because they're trying to get God to bless something he never told them to do. And the interesting thing about God is this. God will bless us as far as he can. He's a good father. I got to a point in my life, I don't just want God will bless me as far as he can. I want the full blessing. And the full blessing is on his full will for your life. One of the greatest things we have to be on guard for is our own wants and desires. And the devil tricking us to think that we're smarter than God. Or our wants are more satisfying than God's will for our life. You, you just have to constantly tell the devil, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Now I want to get into something before we're done that I was not able to get in in the early service. And I'm not sure, maybe it was, there's a reason why. Maybe the, the different crowd, the different people that are listening, the different levels of spirituality... It's a little deep, but I really believe it's a total set-free message if you listen to the end. Um, so before we get there, do you, you all realize that when you're fully sold out to God, you know, wholly following the Lord, the Bible says all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. It's, 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 you don't have to pray for them. They're just on that road of being sold out to God. We got that, right? We're getting it. So... Let me just remind you, the Holy Spirit said, instead of praying to be healed again, how about praying to see and know the kind of life that has health in it? Instead of just praying to be healed again, why don't you pray for the kind of life that maybe you're not fully involved with yet that has health in it? See, a lot of, a lot of illness, a lot of sickness is not because people sinned. I mean, we know that can happen, the Bible talks about, but a lot of times it's not because people sinned. There's just roads that we start going down that maybe these things are on those roads and we're not bad, we're not, we didn't sin, it's just, it's just we didn't know. We didn't know there was a better road. There's a better way of thinking, there's a better way of talking, there's a better way of doing things with my time. Keith Moore said something in a recent message that if I hadn't heard it, Carla and I would have seen some destruction in an area of our life that would not have been good. Uh, let me put it this way. What I heard him say recently brought something to my remembrance that helped us to respond in a certain way concerning something. That if we hadn't heard that and I hadn't brought that forth, something would have either been, a good thing would have been delayed or something would have been destroyed mm -hmm. in our life. Now I'm not talking about us marital. This is something in the, the natural area. And I'm thinking, well, wait a second. What if I hadn't heard that? Last week we talked about if you want to live a life of victory, you need to at least hear a sermon a day and absorb it. This is not for preachers only. This is, well, you are a preacher. This is not just for full-time pastors. This is for everybody. If you want to live in victory, you better eat at least one good meal a day, if not more, right? And go ahead and snack throughout the day too, you know, <laughs> spiritually speaking. And no wonder the Bible says that people perish because... They think preaching is foolish. Right? The Bible talks about people perishing because they don't think preaching is important. That's just for the pastor. You know, he, he needs to hear sermons. No, you need to eat just like I need to eat. I'm, right? Physically speaking, we all eat three meals a day. 
some of us five or eight. Some people are on weight gain diets. Some people are on weight loss diets. We, we all eat the same every day. As a preacher, I don't eat different than you. Now, maybe the style of food or whatever, but we, we all need nutrients. We all need things every day. Well, why would I eat different spiritually than you? Don't you want to live in victory too? Don't you want to be a good witness? Don't you want to be right where you should be? Um, so, now I know why the Lord says you can't say certain things because people, if they hear it, they'll be accountable and he knows they won't do it. So he said, just don't share it because then at least relieve them from the accountability. Um, but we have to get to the place where, see, I look back before I was a pastor, I had to be sold out. I had been in such darkness and had such terrible things happen to me that it came to a point where I had to be sold out. Because it was either that or die. I had to be sold out. I had to. I had to go to nursing homes and preach to the older people. I'm not in the ministry or anything. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just a person just got in the church. I had to go to church. I had to read. I had to listen to sermons. I had to because the oppression was so strong against my life that I had to, I had to break it. I had to have more than maybe the normal person because of the things I had to come out of and get renewed in and be, be, you know, be renewed in my mind in. And I had to. But there came a point in my life when I started getting the victory from what I was doing. Oh my gosh, the light of God, the peace of God, the joy of God started manifesting in my life. And that today I can honestly say I don't have to anymore. I want to. It's wonderful. I hope people don't have to experience the demonic darkness I had to experience before they do what I had to do. I hope people will just start taking the word from somebody who's been there. But friend... Oh, there is a life waiting for every believer that you can't even describe in natural language other than it's abundant, it's bright, it's divine. Nothing in the world can satisfy like that kind of life. And it only comes through giving your life totally to him and saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And then when you know what his will is, you go for it. So turn to 1 John 5, and we'll start to wrap up here. 1 John chapter 5. I was thinking about the statement that I just made about how there's a life that already has health in it. There's a road that already has health. And when I say health, I'm talking physically. I'm talking mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. financially. Health or wealth in any area is a good thing. And there's a life that has all that in it. Things will try to challenge it, but you have it. And you just ward off things that are trying to take it, as opposed to, I don't have it, and you're trying to get it. There's a life. Everybody say life. life. The life of victory. The life. The life of victory. Not, not the prayer of victory, that I'll go get pastor to pray for me when I'm in trouble. No, there's a life. Sold out to God. Holy following him. He's not part of your life. He is your life. His things are not a part of your life. His things are the most important thing in your life. The Bible says the things of God. Talks about the things of God. What are the things of God? Well, that's another good teaching. But go, uh, remember Psalm 91, right? Y'all remember Psalm 91. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. Question, where's your dwelling? Is where you're dwelling, where no evil shall befall you? or you're dwelling somewhere else and evil can befall you. It's all back to where you're living, how you're living, not just how you're praying. How you're living. How you're living. There's some people, they're thinking that the church is just, you know, the, the, the great involvement in the church is just for pastor and some staff members and maybe a few department leaders. Friend, it's everybody's church. Lord, help me to say this. Thank you for doing it. You have to overcome the lie that says, 
I'm not as part of the church as pastor is a part. I'm not as a part of the church as the leader is a part of the church. I'm not as a part of the church as, you know, the staff members are part of the church. You are right in the middle of everything, whether you're on staff or the pastor or a person that does their part in another area, everybody. And if that's not, if, if you see church as a part of your life, that's a main reason why full victory has not shown up in your life because you're not dwelling in the place where no evil can befall you or no plague, no plague come near your dwelling. No evil shall befall who? And no plague come near who? Not near who? Near your dwelling. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow, shadow of the Almighty. Are you following? And one of the scriptures that comes to my mind is he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. What if you decide to just live in love from now on? Well, if you decide to live in love, you decide to live in God. And if you decide to live in God and sickness tries to come against you, it's got to go through God to get to you. So. 1 John chapter 5. I want to read this out of the uh, Amplified. Well, what we got it's 11.52. Not quite noon yet. Let's read this out of the Amplified Bible, AMPC, Amplified Classic, starting in verse 16. And um, for those of you watching online, just, you know, you might want to put your coffee down right now so you don't throw it in the air. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> This is, this is strong stuff here, but we need to see it. Our generation needs to see it, and this probably needs shared big time. Notice upon the screen, John said by the Holy Spirit, if anyone sees his brother, believer, committing a sin that does not lead to death, the extinguishing of life, he will pray, and God will give him life. Yes, he will grant life to all those whose sin is not leading to death. There is a sin that leads to death, and I do not say that one should pray for that. There is a sin that leads to death and we're told not to pray for that. What happens? They die. The will of God? Absolutely not. But there's more than the will of God needed for people to live. Man has a part. Now, keep that in mind and go to the next verse. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is a sin which does not involve death that may be repented of and forgiven. Listen, church. Listen closely here. I never talk quite like this in these areas, so believe with me that it comes out the way you need to hear it. There is a sin, excuse me, all wrongdoing is sin which does not involve death that sin may be repented of and forgiven. So if you put these two verses together, what is the sin that leads to death that he tells us not to pray for? The one the person refuses to acknowledge as sin and they refuse to think they need to repent from it. You have to watch out about your prayers becoming witchcraft. Trying to make people do things they don't want to do. God's not going to make you do something you don't want to do, and we need to quit pressuring people to do something we don't want them to do. If they want their sin, leave them alone. It's their choice. I'm talking about things that affect them personally. You understand what I'm saying? This is very interesting because a lot of people would rather die than to admit they have, I've been living in sin. And guess what happens? They die young. Why? Because there's no truth to make them free. They're believing a lie, they refuse to believe the truth, and they die. How many think it'd be better? Just go ahead and say, God, I'm living in sin. I've been saying it's okay because all these other people are saying it's okay. I've been saying it's no big deal because all these other people say it's no big deal. God, I flaked. I was wrong. I was living in sin. Your word condemns that. I made excuses for that. I said it was okay. Now, what if a person doesn't get to that point and they're involved with something that's deadly? It'll lead to death. 
But, but, but I believe one of the things John's saying here is saying, quit trying to make people want something that they don't want. Mm. Yeah. If they want it, you can't force their will to go another way. God won't force their will to go another way. And if they refuse to change, they will die. Young. May go to heaven if they're believers, but they'll die. There is a sin unto death. And I think one of the things he's saying here is don't try to make people do things they don't want to do with your prayers. That's called witchcraft. Yeah. Manipulation. God's real big on leaving free will alone. He will do everything he can to woo you and inspire you and enlighten you. But when it comes right down to it, he will not get saved for you. He will not make you receive anything. Now, we haven't even gotten to the full power of these scriptures yet. You ready for the next verse? Anybody ready for the next verse? Look, next verse. We know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. But the one who was begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him, Christ's divine presence within him, preserves him against the evil, and the wicked one does not lay hold, get a grip on him, or touch him. Amen. King James says, He that keeps himself, the wicked one touches him not. Well, that's a good place to be. Going through this fallen world, demon powers all around you, darkness everywhere, and it can't even touch you. Curses and sicknesses and diseases all around you. People falling at your side, thousands at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it's not coming near you. What's that all about? That's not about us doing our own thing, making the things of God a part of our life and carrying out to Jesus when we need help. That's talking about living for God. It's talking about he is your life. His things are your top priority above your things, other things. Do you see, God wants us living this life of blessing and rebuking the dumb lie of the devil that says, you won't really like that kind of life. Look at this over here. And he gets you looking at this lust thing or this person, this, this, this. Uh, I, guys, did you ever think about it? You see somebody that, you know, really looks good and, and you know you shouldn't be looking at them that way. And you think, the devil says, well, but if you don't, you won't, you, you won't, you won't, it won't be as pleasurable. You, you know, you're not going to do anything. Just look at him. And it's like, you think I'm stupid, devil? I know the one who created that beautiful thing. Amen. Why would I want the thing and forfeiting the creator? Amen. It's like, it's like you see something in the creation that's amazing. You see this thing, or you take this drug or you see this thing. You go, oh, oh. And you think about forfeiting your relationship with the creator for something he created? <laughs> you like that mountain? You, you like that drug? You, you, I have newsflash for you. I know the one who created, Satan perverted all this stuff, made it crazy. But if you like anything in this creation, you're really going to like the creator. <laughs> you really are going to like well, you're going to be missing out if you can have this. They'll go, oh, wait, wait, that the creators. This, this is something he originally created. Yes. The devil perverted it. And then he tries to make the perversion look better than the original. Yeah. What's that? That's just off. <laughs> That's just like, duh. So now look, go back to that scripture. We know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. Stop. This is the sobering part right here. And I just want everybody to hear this in, in the spirit of love because the Lord loves you. There's nothing you've done that you can't be forgiven for. There's nothing, no problem in your life that you can't be free from. Jesus is the answer and there's no exceptions to that. You can be free if you want to be free. But if you see something in the Word of God, this is not a way the Lord wants me to live. And I look at that, and I go, I see that, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm not going to repent for it. I know the Bible says it's wrong, but I like it. A lot of other believers like it. I'm going to do it anyway. 
And I'm going to live like it. And I'm going to say, it's not wrong. See, this is different than falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up and falling and, get, and doing something you know you should not done and feeling bad about it and turning. When you give in, when you give in to something you know is not God's will for your life, you need to ask yourself if you're really born of God. Or if maybe you just shook Jesus' hand one day and nothing really happened in your heart. How do you know if you're born again as opposed to, I believe in God. People believe in God all the time and they go to hell. You don't go to, hell you, you don't go to heaven because you believe in God. You don't even go to hell just because if you believe that Jesus, you know, was on the earth. You know why you don't go to hell? Because you are literally and spiritually changed on the inside because of your belief in Jesus, the Son of God. You have received him in your... The Bible says demons believe and tremble, and they ain't going to heaven. They believe in God. They've been with him. And the reason I'm saying this is because I'm seeing as a pastor and just casually glancing at things on social media and, and looking at stuff and other times not casually just looking and just going, what, 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 what? We've all been there. We've all tripped. We've all made mistakes. But guys, we're upon a time right now. We need to really evaluate our lives and say, you know, what? where am I? Where am I? Am I rebelling against something my pastor said? Am I rebelling against the head of the church, Jesus Christ himself? Because he did read scriptures. I heard Gloria Copeland say this a long time ago. She said, listen, so that you wouldn't fall into this, you know, this habitual practicing of sin, saying it, you know, it's, it's not wrong. You, you know what a lot of people need? They're, they're in lifestyles right now that are totally demonic, totally what they're involved with in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord loves every one of them. He wants every one of them totally set free from their own passions what did Keith say? What did he say? Devil says, you're free to sin. Right? And what, what was the other part of that? He said, the devil will come to you and say, oh, you're free. Go ahead and sin. Not realizing sin is becoming their master. Their desires are becoming their God. And pretty soon they can't get free from it. And they have to go to all this therapy, try to get on medication. Or even worse, they decide to say, how about we just say it's not wrong anymore? How about we just say it's not wrong anymore? And then what? Then you fully submitted to the master sin. Desires in your own flesh. You are not free to sin. You are enslaved to sin. And people are in these lifestyles, they're in these problems, and they're thinking, ah, I just, it's so hard to resist this thing. Just, you know, it'd just be easier to say, it's okay. You know, Bible days, it was sodomy. Today, it's just gay. What should we do with that? Well, if you want free, you've got to admit you're living in sin. I can't pray that you do that. I can't make you do that. This is between you and your Creator. This is between you and the Lord. I could hope. I could share messages like this, hopefully cause a breaking of a, of a bondage and a, and a lie to be exposed. Here's the thing, guys. Let, let, let's just say homosexuality is a sin. How are you going to get free from it? Numero uno, admitting it's a sin. If you really want free, you're going to have to admit it's a sin. Now, I'm not going to condemn anybody for living a life. Are you kidding me? That's I'm not going to condemn anybody for living. I've sinned. We've all sinned. More times than we can count. David said, innumerable evils have compassed me about. My iniquities have taken hold upon me. They're more than the hairs of my head. And I don't think he was bald. I picture David looking like a prince, you know, like Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> but everybody's blown. Every, but that's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is, yes, we've all sinned. Got that. Spit pride out. We've all missed it. And if you're living in sin right now and you really want to be free, numero uno step. Admit, I'm in sin. I feel like I can't get out. But the minute you admit it, you can get out. 
You can't, I don't care what it is, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's lust in another area, or, or whatever, if you'll, if you'll admit the truth, what did Jesus say would happen? The, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, I, I mentioned these things, we're all going, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what about your life? What about my life right now? Hmm? Could we be involved in some sin that we've kind of brushed over and said it's not that bad? Or have we been in rebellion in some things? God, you told me to do such and such, and I rebelled. I said no. I spoke against one of my leaders, and that's like speaking against you. That's a sin. And there's some people need to apologize to some people for doing some, saying some stuff. If you want to get free in that area, there's some people that have said some things to their leaders that is very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. You need to admit you sinned. If you want to get free. We're not talking about making anybody bad feel bad. We're talking about getting people out of a bondage that if you don't deal with it, it'll grow. It'll get worse. You got to correct some things. You got to tell some people, I'm sorry. I disrespected you. And I did. I disrespected Jesus in the process. I violated love toward God. I violated faith. I didn't believe his way was the best way. And I violated my love toward you. And I'm sorry. I heard the Spirit of God say, this is what leads to revival. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 